0: Hello to the magical world of the internet, NashCast episode 3, I sit down with my friend Austin Campbell, he is uh, very savvy in finance and economics and uh, politics, much more savvy than I am, Uh, he worked in finance for a good amount of years, just until recently uh, where he switched fields. And we sit down for a good hour. Uh, We talk about a little bit of psychology, but mainly economics and and politics and and how the world's kind of reacting to everything that's going on in regards to our stimulus package and and how that affects us financially um, and how it's going to affect our our future in regards to taxes and uh, just our our current debt in the U.S. and, and the potential downfalls of that in the future. And he scares the shit out of me. He absolutely scares the shit out of me with some of the things he says of how you know, it's going to be near impossible for us to come back financially from what was already an impending issue. But now with this virus, it has kind of sped up that issue. And so he talks about the bank borrowing money from itself. And listen, I'm, I'm an idiot, but but he he lays it out very well and, and helps you kind of understand how all that works. And I had a great time talking to him. So with that, I'll, I'll turn it over to the podcast. Thanks for watching. Um, you know, I was I was telling like, I, like I told my friend on the first podcast is that You know, you have to put in your 10,000 hours to be good at something. And I think one of my biggest downfalls of me as a person is I'm too hard on myself. So the second I make like one minute mistake, I see it as this catastrophic thing. And it's like, oh no, if I, you know, why can't I, oh God, I'm the worst, I'm the worst. And I just like hate myself for five minutes. And it makes me not want to do new things because I'm so afraid of that failure.
1: I think, I think that's whatever everyone's afraid of failure, you know, and it is just about having the courage to kind of keep going, you know, and, and yeah. learning from your mistakes and, and not being so hard on yourself. Yeah. You know, I think once you get over that, you know, and everyone needs to get over that, but once you do get over that, that's what's going to make you successful. For sure.
0: And, and that's- Arriving in that failure. Absolutely. And, you know, just something about, something about trying to deal with that is so hard for me. Just, you know- what what would we record just now like 20 minutes 20 minutes of like a really good conversation and now it's just gone and then like in my mind that seems like such a like a catastrophic thing but it's really not the end of the world I mean you and I can talk for fucking four hours I know that yeah
1: I think what you got to tell yourself is that was garbage conversation we're gonna have a better one next time exactly it's switching the flip yeah uh, you know flipping the switch and saying that you know there was some mistake yeah, there's. I've been drinking mimosas. All right. No, I like
0: that. I like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm almost out. I'm about to go to my second claw. Trust me. Look, this is my show. I, we can do whatever the fuck we want. We can be blasted by the end of this, and I don't care. Good. Do we get some pot and smoke a lot of weed on this? <laughs> I do have pot. I haven't, I haven't smoked any weed on this, but I'm not against it. But I, it's one of those things where if I smoke weed at the beginning of a podcast, it's fucked. The, the, it's, 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 gonna, it's not going to work well because I'm going to sit here and stare into space, and then you're going to say something. I'm going to be like, what? What'd you say?
1: <laughs> no, that's when we're gonna get more in-depth conversations right spe- speaking from the
0: soul no best believe in like 30 minutes i'm definitely down i'll definitely take a take a hit or something <laughs> mm. but you know it's funny uh talking about how that that hatred of 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 making a mistake or just the the self not self-doubt it's it's uh, i guess it's a part part of self doubt but it's mainly uh just that being so hard on yourself for making a mistake uh mm-hmm. I, I was listening to this presentation for work, and this woman, she's a psychologist, and she was talking about fight or flight. And it was super interesting because I always think of fight or flight, uh, the reflex of if somebody jumps out and scares you or if you actually are afraid of your life. I think we've all – even if it wasn't warranted, we've all been afraid of our for our life, even if you were like a kid and you felt that adrenaline rush and you're running away because like somebody scared you or whatever. and. She was talking about that exact response, but that it can happen in other ways, not just in being scared yes. of, of like jump scare, like being pissed off, like getting a, getting a, a shitty email at work, like that can trigger your fight or flight response
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it can fuck you up for like three days because it releases cortisone. And, and, and she, I, you know, I, I kind of knew about cortisone and in the fight or flight re, uh, fight or flight and she talked about cortisone as a toxin and I didn't. I never saw cortisol as a toxin. I just thought it was like a chemical in your brain that gets released for certain things. But she called it a toxin, and that, you know, even like two days after that fight or flight response, it can fuck you up. You can still feel these negative responses, almost like a depressed type feeling. Mm -hmm. And she talks about you know exercise and things like that that can that can mitigate these responses and make you feel better. But uh, it really helped me have more empathy for people, especially at work. Uh, you know, sometimes you'll just get somebody who's probably had a rough day, and they send you some passive-aggressive email or something. And and it, you know, used to I would take those kind of personally, but like oh, fucking asshole. Because it's like even if you're, the way I see it is even if you are, if you've had something bad happen to you that day, or you're not feeling well, you should never take that out on others.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's just not fair. But but we're all we're all human. We all do that every now and then. Uh, and I think just listening to that presentation and her talking about about that response made me just like overall a little more empathetic towards just mainly people at work but just anybody in general
1: yeah i mean i think we all need to little have a little bit of sympathy towards that i mean everyone deals with like you were saying everyone has you know shitty days bad days feeling sick you know maybe they got shit on by their boss and they're you know they're dealing with it and they're trying to find an outlet and they're not doing it constructively and then they're shitting on the next person and You know, that's why they say sometimes when you're going to write, you know, maybe a more aggressive email than you normally do, write the email out to release that, get it on paper, but then wait 24 hours to send it. You know, keep it in your inbox, keep it in your send box. And then if you reread that after you've calmed down and you still feel that way, send it. Sure. You know, but if you're going to write it in the moment, because it's that, that's that fight or flight moment is if I get a shitty email from you and I'm going to respond I might respond a little bit more viperous than I was, you know, prior, or if I was in a in a calm state of mind. Um, but maybe I, I I was saying things out of emotion that came from different directions, you know, didn't necessarily have to do with me and you. Came from a response that I had with you know, my wife, my family, you know, whatever it was that now I'm projecting onto you because you snapped at me a little bit. I'm going to snap back, and it's just this you know vicious cycle. So it is about calming yourself and giving getting yourself to a little bit more of a level head. Um, before you make rash decisions and having empathy for, you know, for other people in their situations, because you don't know what it's like to walk in their shoes for that day, that year, that month, you know, whatever it was. And it sounds uh, so it sounds so uh, it sounds so self-explanatory. Like, of course, I know that.
0: But the thing about the fight or flight reflex is that the, she showed this chart. and It was very interesting. It's like, you know, uh, you know, conscious awareness or unconscious awareness, yeah. basically saying where you you don't even realize that you're being an asshole because you're so stressed out. And in the moment. What seems you know, if if you look about look at it, you know, ten minutes before you get upset, you're like, Oh, I would never
1: do that. But then when you're upset in the moment, you do those things and you look back and like, Fuck, I said I was never gonna do that and I did it. Yeah. I think a perfect example, you know, is relationships. It's you know, when you're in a relationship that might not be good for you and your friends are telling you, you know, this isn't good, this isn't bad, like you don't see that until you're out of it. You give advice to your friends, you know, hey, that person's treating you like shit or you know, whatever the situation is. And you don't see it because you're on the inside until you get to the outside, you know, and I think a lot of people, you know, feel that way. Oh, I give my, I, you know, I, I don't ever, you know, take my own medicine. I'll yeah, tell my totally. friend, I'll give my friend's advice, but when it comes down to my situation, I, I'm blinded to it because you know, there's something in our brain that wants, that wants that attention. You know, There's always another like, agenda.
0: Yeah, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I've (laughs) been. Trust me, I've been there. You know, I've been there. Yeah. So it's 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 you know, it's almost like a part of your brain that's that's allocating that information for later use. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this is right, but like, I'm gonna ignore that for now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? And it's almost like a drug where you're like, I'd rather take
1: this information because it feels better right now than having to deal with this stuff that doesn't feel as good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We all we all push off the negative emotions or try to at least. You know, in the situations, you know, we want the pleasure. We want the fact that, you know, somebody is there. Somebody can talk to us, you know, or whatever the situation is. If it's a job and you like the money, but you hate your boss, you know, you know, you got to support your family, but this isn't the career you want. You know, it's not dealing with that. It's like, you know what? I'll deal with this for now. I'll figure it out later. You know, everyone pushes it off later. And, you know, that's the thing about life. It's getting back to it is, is this is your journey and this is, you know, your direction. And sometimes it sucks because, You know, you break up with someone and and although you might have wanted it, they didn't or, you know, you moved on from a job because, you know, you got fired or, you know, whatever the situation is like shit's going to happen to you. But it's about picking yourself up and not dwelling on the negative and trying to push forward. And it's hard. It's really tough. And it's I think we would all do a little better if we opened up about the negatives, you know, opened up about our problems a little bit and said, you know, I'm struggling with this and, and I'm trying to figure my way through it. Well, I think
0: this this is this can be applied in in, in everything, including government. You know, we you, we talk about this before you know before the, the podcast that we did that I fucked up and didn't record anything. We were talking about how uh, talking about you know COVID nineteen and you know it's crazy how people have been saying like we could have avoided this. You know, we could have we could have been really diligent with with um, with SARS. Is that isn't that the other COVID uh, mm-hmm. the other COVID nineteen carrier or whatever it is um, or COVID eighteen. Uh, SARS and you know they're they're very similar diseases and if we would have had a cure for SARS then we could have had a cure for COVID-19 potentially a lot quicker than than what we might be having it now. So a lot of that is like if you know people are saying if we would have just really taken these other diseases seriously then you know we wouldn't be having potentially the problem that we're having now. And you know to get back to it and, and kind of reiterate what we spoke about earlier in, in the portion that wasn't recorded about how you know we we hung out like not hung out we uh, we ran in, you ran into me uh, like a month ago at the grocery store, and we like hugged and we were talking about it before this social distancing thing. We're like, oh, this is kind of weird. I wonder what's gonna happen. And then look where we are now, fucking shut down. At least you know in in Austin we're shut down. New York's fucked. Washington's fucked. Yeah. Um. Everybody's just locked in right now, just waiting to see what happens.
1: Yeah, we're you know our government right now is definitely reactionary. Um, you know, didn't want to be proactive because. You know whether it was going to take a hit on the economy, whether it was going to you know cause some funding issues. I don't know what the reasonings were to be reactionary versus proactive. I don't know what the reasons were to you know try to talk down the virus and keep the economy going or or whatnot. Like we could have you know we we could have done so many more things um, to be proactive. And people will defend the administration, and I'm not here to say that they did everything wrong. Um, You know, shutting down travel early but it it just seemed to be very reactionary to everything. And it caused more chaos than I think was needed. Um, And I think we could have did a a better job of, of, um, you know, quarantining it to different areas, you know, but now we're looking at over a hundred thousand cases in the United States. And that's doubled over the, you know, the last week. And it clearly shows that we'd never had it under control. There was never a situation where, you know, we had things handled, you know, it's spread across the entire country. We're not talking about just one coast having it. We're talking about the entire country getting it now. And now we're talking about, um, you know, Louisiana being a, a hotbed for it, you know? So now we're talking Washington, New York, and Louisiana, like every spot in our country. Now we're talking about Michigan. We're talking about four corners, you know, of the country. We're not, we haven't done a good job of isolating it. We never did a good job of isolating it. So I don't understand what the reasonings behind trying to you know talk it down at the beginning was
0: yeah no totally and you know i think they did a good job in shutting a lot of things down i mean the the things that the way they're shutting businesses down at least you know here locally uh it's i've never seen anything like it before mm-hmm. and, and it's good right it's good that people who, at least some people in businesses are taking it seriously or at least the mayors of each of each uh city and the governors to the point where they're willing to shut down businesses and force people to do this because they're not going to do it on their own some people yep. will but most people aren't and it makes sense because not everybody can can sustain themselves
1: yeah i mean it's weird it's um, you know two things I, I popped in my head you know first was just how people are reacting there are some good mayors I, I was it was a funny video but it was mayors in italy who were going out in the street yelling at citizens yeah. for being around and one of the mayors was like you are not will smith and i am legend like go home like this is not something like you need to go home so people are doing a good job of reacting to it, but then there's people who aren't. I mean, I went out today to Target to, you know, grab some more food and, and whatnot. But, you know, when you leave, when you're in your house and you're listening to the news, you're thinking it's chaos out there. Like, that's what the news is saying, which is good because it, it tries, it, it helps the idea of, of staying isolated. But when I was driving around today, when I was walking around today, like, the only thing that made me realize that we were in a a pandemic right now was the shelves. That there was nothing on the shelves in the grocery stores, but everyone was walking around like normal. There was no real difference in society that was happening, at least that I felt. You know, driving around in Austin, Texas, right now, there are people on the highways. You know, maybe less than normal for a Saturday, but it seemed it seemed like a, an everyday thing. Which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, you're keeping some businesses afloat, sure, but. Does Austin become a, a huge hotbed, you know, because of this? Absolutely, and you know,
0: I, I read a really good uh, tweet uh, article not article but a, a really long long-winded tweet from this guy's name's Craig Spencer, uh, Doctor Craig Spencer. He's been kind of getting a lot of uh, a lot of uh, attention in the media just because he's he's his tweets have gone viral about what it's like working in the hospital in New York. And, and he made a really good point of like, yes, you don't see it, right? You're walking out and you can't physically see it, right? Like we're being attacked by invisible monsters. It's fucking weird. And and, and you you don't see it, but everything's quiet. And he goes, you don't until you walk into the, into the hospitals. That's yeah. when you understand the chaos. He goes, it's quiet. He goes, it's almost calm and soothing. He goes, as I'm walking to the hospital. But the second I open those doors into the ER, it's fucking pandemonium. And, and yeah. then, that, you know, it's. Yeah, you're not you. You. This is something we can't physically see unless we go to the source, right? Like you don't see people on the, the in the street corners coughing and throwing up or you know um, showing physical reactions to this to this issue. But as soon as you go into the hospitals and you see everybody mashed up and goggles, and and all the precautions everyone's taking, that's when you see what. That, that this is a real issue and people need to take it seriously I mean I have friends I have friends who 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 still aren't taking it seriously who they're making fun of me They somebody sent me a text from, from my hometown you know northwest of Dallas you know they live in the sticks and they're like, like oh you still self-quarantining you know this shit's over they're like, no man like you should really you know take this seriously and they tell me these things like oh you're just pushing the narrative
1: yeah pushing the narrative so I don't know man yeah, I mean, I think what, uh, what I was just thinking about is y- you see the differences in in parties right now, you know, whether you're talking liberal or conservative. And one of the big issues, you know, not to sidetrack from from Covid nineteen, but was global warming. Now, global warming, the narratives were, you know, save our earth, save our planet. you know, and the other narrative was, you know, we can't see it, nothing's changing. and it it goes back to that invisible invisible threat. That we don't see and there's a there's a large portion of the world the country that says you know global warming isn't a thing but it's the whole like i can't see it it's not real so it kind of blows my mind on two two ways because the conservative parties tends to be you know vastly uh more religious than the liberal parties and their whole belief system is based on oh it doesn't matter if you can't see it you got to believe in it so that kind of blows my mind that like the whole oh you can't see it it's not real so talking about your friends, you know, oh, we can't see it, it's over, you know, no big deal, it's not a threat. It's like, well, just because it's invisible doesn't mean it's not real. And then it goes to, to global warming. You know, if something like global warming actually becomes like a physical threat to us, you know, large catastrophic storms or, you know, the sea levels rising and cities being, you know, swamped with water, you know, does that change the narrative? Do people start believing? Is it only going to be believed If you see it, you know, are we going to be able to change the narrative now and say, you know, there's a viral pandemic that hit our, our world, you know, not just our country, our world. We need to come together, and this is the same conversation we need to have about global warming. Although, yes, you can't see it, although you're not feeling the effects today or tomorrow or in a month or in a year, this is something that's happening, and you need to listen to the science behind it because the science behind COVID-19 told us we needed to prepare for it and we didn't. And we had, you know, we're going to hit, you know, we're going to hit a million cases by the end of next week. You know, we're over 600,000 globally right now, you know, we're going to hit over a million cases and that's going to affect the global population and the global, you know, thought process of of how we deal with global threats. We're going to have to come together a little bit more. We're going to have to share information. So I don't know, does that change the conversation about global warming?
0: No, I mean that that's a great point, and and just to kind of go back quickly to to you know we talked about earlier in our in our first take here the, the Dr. Fauci and how it's so great that he's he's spreading all this information to people and it's and it's awesome. He's he's so good at explaining to everyone you know whether it be in layman's terms or more in depth of of what what this is and what we need to do. And, and I think we need to listen to just not not just this aspect, like virology and diseases, because uh, this is important as well, because I didn't see this fucking coming. And we could talk about it if you did, but I, I would ne- not have expected some sort of mass disease. I would have thought of a hundred other ways for us to go out.
1: Yeah, like I said, a month ago, if you would ask me if I was going to be quarantined in my house working from home, I would have been like, you're crazy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it just shows how unpredictable the world is and how we need to pay attention to these other aspects of science that we are are kind of pushing to the back. Uh, like, you know, um, space, right? Let's talk about the fact that there's potentially an asteroid heading for Earth and NASA's, like, working to, to make sure that there's, you know, no problems there. Like, mm-hmm. we don't think about that. You know, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about it. He's like, yeah, man, like, we don't have any sort of defense system set up if there's a an asteroid. Like, we don't have any missiles that can shoot this thing out and try to redirect it. We have we have no means of that, and I've been talking about this for years, but nobody's nobody's willing to give me the funding to do this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Does it come to a point in time? I mean, and I don't know if that's a, if that's a common threat, does it, you know, is it alien life that eventually makes our society a global society rather than a national society? Um, is it an asteroid that almost hits us or actually hits us, you know, that, that causes a global defense, you know, project that says, you know what, we're not going to focus on getting laser missiles, you know, you know, fucking Trump's, uh, space force to be able to shoot missiles at Russia. Like, why don't we, you know, be able to aim it out of it, you know, out, of, out into the space and defend ourselves from different things. Why aren't we, you know, pooling our resources to colonize the moon or colonize Mars or just like grow as a, as a species. We're still thinking in very small terms in my mind. We're still thinking very internally, which we still have a lot of problems on the on the earth, sure. A lot of problems in society. Is that solved by spending money on space? I don't know. And I guess that's the argument, you know, right. Why are we spending 60 billion on NASA when we could feed our our homeless? Okay, sure. But like, I don't know, in my mind, Republicans, you know, that's their argument, but I haven't seen them spend more money on feeding homeless veterans or homeless people because they hate social programs like that. So I'm confused at the rhetoric of, you know, oh, we can do so much more with that money that's non-scientific. Like feeding people, but then when we go to feed people, they don't want to feed people. I'm just like, well, that I don't under, I don't understand.
0: Yeah, and it comes to balance, and it's like, yeah, w- we're not gonna put every bit. Like, what if we just destroy the space, the space program, and feed the homeless? But it's like you, you can't, you can't just allocate all of your, all of your resources to one thing. You know what I mean? If we all did that, we'd be, we'd be idiots, right? Like, what if I was just decided, okay, I'm just gonna not spend money on anything but rent. I need to make sure my rent's paid, right? I don't care about anything else. It's like next thing you know, the electric goes off. It's like you have to allocate money to everything, and yeah. and obviously you know homelessness and, and and poverty. That's something we need to worry about. But but it doesn't mean we shouldn't think about these other things and these other issues as well. And you know, I'm I'm oh, trust me, I'm no Trump fan, but I, I will say one of the best things he's ever done is the space force. I think that's good. <laughs> and, and, and I think the way he did it was dumb because he made it seem like we're some sort of like fucking Buzz Lightyear pioneers, and it's like no, but the space force is not a bad idea. And and thank fuck for people like Elon Musk who who really are like oh yeah we want yes. I want us to be an interplanetary species. Um, you know, the way our population's rising, it's there's not gonna be enough room for us at some point. And, and thank mm-hmm. thankfully not in our lifetimes or our kids or maybe even our grandkids' lifetimes, but it will happen. And, yeah. and we're we're gonna see some very some very adverse effects from this, and if we can shoot some people up to Mars that want to go to Mars, that's cool. And, and, and you know, I've heard people who be who who are like, "Oh, I want to go to space." You know, I'm gonna go to space. That'd be so cool to go to space. Fuck that. I'm fine. Unless that unless I gotta. People people don't realize like we're living kind of in like maybe they won't think so right now, but we're kind of like in heaven. We're in paradise here. We're in fucking paradise. It's the best time to be alive. It's ever been. And if you were in space for eight years and you come down and you look at like the lush vegetation and all these beautiful murals that are up in cities and all these cool things, you'd be like, oh my god, I'm in heaven. But but, but we we get desensitized so quickly to
1: it and and we forget how fucking awesome this all is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean our society has been uh, combing the universe for fucking hundreds of years we are the only planet that we know about right now that can sustain life at all. You know, yeah, there's some frozen water on Mars that we were recently discovering, but yeah, without this planet, we have nothing, you know, and I agree. I think that we're going to see some crazy things in our life's life, lifetime. I think that we should be getting into an interplanetary um, species and kind of going back to the um, something that, that I think you had kind of brought up was, you know, Comparing, like, homeless people and people who want to go to space. I think in society in general, you know, since the dawn of uh, of our time, recorded history, there will always be the rich. There will always be the poor. There will always be, always be lifestyle choices that people made. I'm not saying that every homeless person in the world, in the country, in a state wants to be homeless. But there are people that do choose to live a lifestyle that's very minimalist. There are people that choose, you know – perfect example was um a guy a few years ago who had an amazing radio voice he's a homeless guy he did like you know somebody from the side you know driving by his car recorded this dude just doing a broadcast and this dude got offered you know a hundred thousand dollar contract to be a radio broadcaster and he did it for a little bit but then he decided he wanted to go back to the street. Because that was – I don't know. That was his thing, and I didn't follow up on it, so I can't necessarily 100% claim that he wanted to be on the street. But people who want to be in that lifestyle, just like people who want to go to space, you know, there, there are always going to exist uh, people like that that want to choose a certain lifestyle. And it's just about kind of giving them you know, a, an opportunity that, that allows them to live it to their fullest extent, you know, giving them you know, sustainabilities, giving them you know, a place to go, a place to call home. Um, that's what we're all looking for. We're just looking for a place to call home, and there are a vast amount of people and personalities and lifestyles that people want to live. You know, and that's the beauty of life. It's you get to choose what you want to do.
0: Totally, and and there are also fuck ups, and there are also people who are mentally ill, and you could yep. give those fuck ups or people who, and I'm and I'm putting them in separate categories because I'm not saying people who are mentally ill are fuck ups, but but like people who are fuck ups, and then people who are mentally ill, you could give them a million dollars and they lose it by the end of the month because they just mm-hmm. can't fucking handle that kind of kind of power, they can't handle that kind of responsibility of having money and finances, and that's what leads a lot of people to the streets, and it, it's unfortunate, yeah, you know.
1: I mean, look at all. You can you can compare a lot of lottery winners. You know, a lot of lottery winners. I love that. I love that stat. They go poor more than fucking they would in the average life. You know, because they end up blowing all their money. They don't know what to do with it, and they go poor. And it's it's money doesn't create happiness. It's your own internal lifestyle, what you want to get out of your life. That's what's going to make you happy. And it's just the choices you make. And you're right. Some people are fuck ups, and they. You know, chose to to do this, do that, you know, lose a bunch of money, do some drugs, whatever their situation was, Um, you know, and I can't claim that all homeless people is their fault. You know, I did a a project in high school where we read um, about some stories about homeless people, and there was one lady that I'll always remember where she was married for fucking, you know, 50 years to her husband, and her husband died, and she just couldn't. She couldn't deal with it anymore. She couldn't go to work. Her depression just took over. Like you lost your life partner that you were with for fifty years. Like, how do you cope with that? You know. And she lost her job. She lost her house. She lost her kids. Like she just kind of deteriorated, and that sucks. You know. It's being able to help those people. Um, you know, to a certain extent. You know, I don't a hundred percent agree with like full hand me outs. We're not going to pay that lady's rent and you know let her you know go grocery shopping and buy a Corvette and all that. Like, no. But like giving a standard of living, like we we are able to do that. There's plenty of resources on on the world and the planet that we can do. But then it's a mix of capital capitalism versus society. You know, do I want to make money or do I want to help people? You know, we could be equal. Everyone could be equal in this but world. That, but you know,
0: it's funny though. Being equal isn't fair, no. and, and that sounds like an oxymoron. But 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 it's not because it's not. people people work harder than others, and they deserve more if they work harder. You yeah. know. Like, like you know, you and I sitting here doing a podcast on a Saturday when we're not getting paid. It's like we're, we're, we're uh, you know, maybe it could not be considered working, but we're we're putting an effort towards something that, that we enjoy or I am at least. And and mm-hmm. you, I know you're a hardworking person. Like, you know, you went through college and you went through these certain career paths and these jobs and like you're, you're a hardworking person. You deserve any bit of financial success that you have at this point in time. A lot more than I can say for a lot of people I know.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm going to say in the same point that I don't deserve the salary that a neurosurgeon does because they went through, you know, 10 years more of schooling than I did. And they focus on especially, and they became good at it. Like, you know, everyone has their certain level, So I agree. I don't believe that equality is fair. You know, oppor- equal opportunity is fair. The ability for anyone who wants to succeed, if they can succeed, that's great. But if you can't do it, that's just fucking evolution. And I'm sorry. Like, that's just your genes. That's just like, I can't give you intelligence and I'm not going to make you pass a test that you fail. I'm not going to give you an A like, even though you tried your fucking very best, I'm never going to be a neurosurgeon. I could probably try my very best to be a neurosurgeon. I'm never going to be a neurosurgeon, you know? And, And so that, that isn't to me unfair. I shouldn't just be able to go get my neurosurgeon's fucking diploma and get a job as a neurosurgeon because I want it. Mm-hmm. You know, wanting it is not enough. It's be, it's the ability and that's having where that discipline. Makes, yeah. And not everyone's going to have that ability and that that needs to be okay. You know, but equal opportunity, me being able to go to school, that's fine, but me failing, that's on me. You know, and that's on everyone who fails, you know, but it's about picking yourself up and trying again or moving on, doing something different, finding out what your strengths are. And it doesn't
0: and it doesn't mean that you're worthless. Like, you know, even if someone can't do those things and and they have to do something else or people who, you know, I had a friend ask me once, he goes, um, you know, does it does it does it fuck you up? Because some people. You're you're aspiring for your dreams. There's things I want in my life, right? Like whether it be having a podcast or like some sort of success. Like I, I feel like I'm pretty driven in that sense. And and he's the same way. And he he says, you know, I feel sorry for people who who aren't trying to, you know, fulfill their passion and do the things that they want to do with their life. And I'm like, I'm not. He goes, why? I said because we need people that are like if if no one's taking out the trash and if no one's paving concrete streets or asphalt streets, if nobody's doing these j- other jobs, then we have to do it. You know, like if, if there were um if, if everyone in the world, if you replace them with me, we're fucked yeah. because there is no version of me that's going to go, go pave asphalt and be happy with it and do a good job. Mm-hmm. And so we need people who, who are, who want to live that simpler life, who, who want to just Go and work and do whatever job that they decide that they want to do uh, and and go home, have a beer, hang out with their family, and live their life. And thank God we have those people because I would suck at any of those tasks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that's where – I mean you talk about modern society, sure, but like I feel like in a certain sense our society is no different than like Rome at its height. You know, there were people that picked up shit on the street. There were soldiers who guarded. There were accountants. There were doctors. There were nurses. You know, there there is a, a very similar sense of society when you look at when you look at human history. And there will always be those people, and those people are needed. You know, just like the accountants and CEOs are needed, so are the garbage men and the and the pay in the, the pass pa- um in the road fucking pavers. Um asphalt, whatever the fuck you called them. Um <laughs>
0: I know, I kept uh, saying different things. I was like, I don't know. Is it asphalt? Is it concrete?
1: <laughs> be, I It's a little bit of both. I mean, they're both. You all see more asphalt in the Northeast, and I feel like more concrete down here. Right. And um, because asphalt is, it, it's heated up. Once it's heated up, it's it's malleable. So, like in hot temperatures, like Texas, your roads would fucking be mud if they were down here. Can we not find a fig- Can
0: we not figure out a better way than asphalt? Can we not get some sort of, like, some
1: other material that's, you know... That's I don't not... know if it's about better right now. It's about cheaper. Yeah. Sure, we could have a better way. Sure, we could build, you know, the fucking um, solar panel roads that, you know, are coming out and being developed right now. Sure, we could build something that worked better and didn't crack and whatnot, but is it cheaper?
0: Yeah, that's that seems to be the problem, right? Is like, you start to see it now, uh, where it's, it's money before integrity. And
1: 100%.
0: bird, uh, bird scooters. I saw, I saw this, somebody, uh, got a, they had a pre-recorded bird scooters. Obviously they're not doing too hot right now. Weird. And <laughs> they, they sent out an automated voice message to 400 plus people that they fired. Tell them they're telling them they're fired. They didn't like call them or send an email. It was like, here's a link to the voicemail that you should hear in regards to your employment. You listen to it and it's like, as much as we appreciate you, you know, and value you as an employer, we're going to have to let you go. And it was just, it was fucked up. And, and, you know, my company did it, you know, I'm not going to say the company that I work for, but I will say that we had a receptionist and a a week after we saw that everybody was shutting down, we decided to do the same thing. And it's nice that, you know, I, I already work from home, so it's easy Uh, for everybody at the office. A lot of them work from home, so it wasn't too hard, but. You know, they sent out a memo like, well, you know, with with, you know, everything going on, uh, we have no need for any in-house support in the office. So we're going to have to let go our receptionist. It's like, damn, bro, it's been two weeks. Yeah. Give her a minute. Give her some things to do. You can give her some pitter patter bullshit to do and pay her enough to get by. You know, and I think she's got a family with like a husband and everything who's got a good job. So it's it's probably not a big deal. But uh, when I saw that, I was like, man, it's kind of fucked up.
1: It's fucked up to say that, like, I mean, you're looking at your budgets for the year, and you're expected to pay her her salary for the entire year, and you're going to say within a two weeks you're going to make a decision to cut her ass? And they're like, a multi-million
0: dollar company. They could pay the rest her salary for the end of the year, and, and, and yeah, maybe Homeboy can't get his fucking
1: Lamborghini, but, like, he'll be able they'll, – they'll be fine. Yeah, you and you better have given her a severance pay. Hey, unfortunately, we're going to have to let you go, but, like, here's a month or two. You know, here's the rest of your month and an additional month's pay up front right now, but we don't need you. you and know? I think they
0: did. I think they did. I don't think it was like completely unethical, but, uh, you know, yeah. if it were me and if I had this company, which granted may be my mentality. And that's why I don't have a successful company, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, You're just but giving if, it, everyone money. <laughs> if it were me, I would at least do my best and, and at least try to help out. And maybe that's what they're doing. And just the way I saw it, though, it just seemed a little disingenuous to me, but, you know, I don't know. I mean it's, that's
1: the that's the capitalistic society and and I don't know I you know maybe going on a different tangent but I believe that capitalist a capitalistic society plus a democratic government is going to be one of the longest standing successful pairs in the world but democracy needs to have a ceiling over capitalism. Capitalism I, is great but I think the government needs to come in and say. You know what? Maybe it is a little unethical to pay your CEO you know, 5,000x your base employee. Maybe there needs to be a cap. If you want to pay your CEO X amount of dollars, it can only be X amount of percentage higher than your average worker. So it forces kind of a limit there. You know, you want to be successful and have stock options sure, that's fine, but look at what happened in all the industries right now. Everyone over the last fucking 10 years were doing stock buybacks, especially ex- you know when Trump came into office and had the the tax cuts for major businesses, you know talking 20% off their corporate taxes, everyone just spent that money, they didn't hold that money, they didn't invest in it, like, you know, what was supposed to happen with trickle down economy, uh, you know, they bought their stocks back. Which raised the price of the individual stocks, which was great for individual investors. But now they're looking for bailouts because they don't have cash on hand to be able to afford a two month shutdown, a three month shutdown, a four month shutdown, whatever it is, where you should, as a fucking multi billion dollar industry, looking at the airlines, looking at hotels, like you should be able to weather a storm. But now you're just, you know, you're penny pinching right now and you're cutting employees, you're cutting staff, where that's where it's fucked up.
0: And this is exactly why I wanted to talk to you because I have no knowledge in economics and very little knowledge in politics. And I and I love. And I want to get your get your thoughts on on everything that's going on right now. And because you you and I had a conversation like almost three years ago about how our economy is going to be fucked. I I remember because you scared the shit out of me. You were talking about you explained it to me. You explained to me like and I don't even remember the the aspects of of and all we were the talking details
1: about the debt. We were talking about the debt. Yeah, and all our debt and how it's deficit.
0: how. Exactly, and you scared the shit out of me. so I want to know I want know what you think in regards to everything that's happening now because you know we, we talked about earlier about how you know Easter's not feasible. It, there's no way that everybody's gonna be ready to go by Easter. It makes sense why they want it back because they want the economy to get back up and, 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 and accumulating again. But mm-hmm. you know we can't just we can't we can't risk human lives over financial gain and we're lucky. we're lucky because it's happening to everybody, right? If it was just happening to us, we'd be fucked. Because because then it would leave room and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it would leave room for other countries. To be like, oh, okay, well now we're we're this financial powerhouse, and we have this, you know, we, we we can we're doing great, but you're doing bad. We're all doing bad right now, and it's yeah. almost kind of a silver lining that it's happening to all of us, so we can all relate and we can all understand this. But what do you think in regards to uh you know uh, the their understanding of trying to come back by Easter to boost the economy and what are repercussions are going to be in the next year or two or however many until this gets leveled out
1: um it's a complex question where i where i would start is by saying the conversation we're having is about debt debt and deficit it's Mm -hmm. about you know how much debt can we hold versus you know our gdp you know versus what other countries owe us and all that so luckily yes right now it's a global pandemic so you know it's not going to be a situation where china overtakes us as an economic powerhouse because they're getting hit as well um, Russia is no threat other than military-wise. You know, Their economy is garbage. Um, where the problem is, is, you know, we're talking about prior to this pandemic, we had a, I think we were a little over $21 trillion in debt, where it's confusing because we're like technically in debt majority to ourselves, to our central bank. We're in debt to other countries, sure. But like, where the problem is is that every year part of the budget is to pay interest on that debt, to pay the people, to pay the bonds, to pay the individuals who bought you know, these, these security bonds. What's um, the in interest, the market, or does it vary? The interest can vary. I mean the Fed dropped it to zero. That's why you're going to see a lot of more. There's a lot of people who are going to refinance, you know, re, uh, refinance uh, their mortgages, refinance their student loans, because interest rates are so ro- low right now. You know, the Fed is essentially giving us free money. But as soon as they raise that interest, and they typically only raise it when the economy does better. So they were thinking about raising it. They raised it a few percentage points. Trump fucking got super mad at them. They, you know, leveled it off. And then, the, you know, then this pandemic happened, so they drop it back to zero. Um, you know now we're talking about the 2 trillion dollar stimulus package so we're well you know we're going to be 23 24 trillion dollars in debt and we're paying you know even a 1% interest on that like i mean we're talking fucking you know 200, $200 billion dollars like you know or or 20 you know 20 billion dollars like a year in interest that's what we're paying like that comes out of uh, you know where where are we paying that to we're paying it back to our central bank sure but like it's going to get to a point where you have 50 you know 50 trillion in debt 60 trillion in debt 100 trillion in debt like most of your budget is just being paid to interest at that point you know you can't finance more money we're just going to keep taking money and borrowing money and that's where inflation happens there's too much money in the economy there's too much you know prices have to go up you know with that and and we can't sustain it so unless we figure out a way to bring down our debt to control our, you know, yearly spendings, which is tough. We're in a growing economy. We want to finance all these projects, you know, and that's where I'm scared. Like, I, you know, I supported Bernie throughout this. In I did aspect, as well. In the, but my aspect was, I don't believe that all of his plans were going to get through, but I believe his major plans were going to get through, you know, f- uh, student debt, um, health care. If we could get those two across, that's fine. I don't believe in free childcare and all the other hundred fucking plans he had to give everything away for free no, because totally. that's just more money. Sure, taxing the rich, I like that. Sure, reinstating business taxes because they clearly didn't do anything ethical with it. You know, they didn't reinvest. They gave everyone a thousand dollars to fucking please. You know, the government. You know, when they when the taxes first happened. Um, but individual taxes are going back up in two years. You know we have an individual tax cut that got put in place, but that got put in place for five years, where the corporate taxes were indefinite. Why would anyone fucking believe that like, oh, Trump's in our favor, no, Trump's in the corporate favor. Um, the stimulus factors that even came out, you know heavily favor favored corporations um, to allow them to you know furlough employees and allow them to, you know do stock buybacks and executive packages that we saw in the two thousand eight you know stimulus package. Um, so, it, it, you know, it, it came out and it was a lot better. It allowed that money not to go to any company held by, you know, politicians in Congress, you know, any executive branch, any legisl- legislative branch, um, any company owned by anyone in, in, in power can't apply for the loans or the grants. So that was good. Um, you know, we're going to get some money in the stimulus package of, you know, 1200 bucks, but I don't know what people do with that. I don't know if that... Yeah, I don't know if that you know furloughs the fear of going out. That's the big problem. Yeah. Well, so let we're me talking-
0: let me ask you quickly in regards yeah. to this stimulus package because I'm curious uh, about uh, you know they're giving so much to us, but they're giving a lot to you know airline companies and, and other corporations. Do you what does that mean? And do you agree with that? Because I, I really don't know. Like I don't know if these airlines have so much so much money in the back end that they can deal with the six month lapse of, of of people using their their product. Uh, and and be okay Uh, how how does all that work do you think they deserve the stimulus that they're being given or is it too generous or what do you think
1: well here's the here's both sides of the argument is the airlines are in a power position to say if we don't get this money we are going to lay off majority of our employees I didn't think about that I didn't think about employment that's where their cuttings – that's where their overhead is. They're over, right. They can ground their planes. They can not buy fuel. They can shut down You know their headquarters. Where their overhead is is saying we're going to lay off everyone. So they have the power play because if they lay off everyone, then those employees are going to apply for unemployment, so they're going to get money through their state or federal government anyway. So their sense. power play is say give us money, and we will not lay off our employees. So that's where the bill was – you know he- held up in in the senate for a little bit because at first there was no stipulations on where the airlines needed to y- utilize the money so they could have used it for executive packages they could you know this COVID thing ends in two months and they just got an influx of you know 30 what, what I, the final price is like 38 billion um that the airlines got
0: and then they could just go and let off everybody and then give themselves a good pay cut
1: yeah, hundred percent they could do that. You yeah. Know, but okay. then it got then it got renegotiated that they had to they cannot do stock paybacks, they cannot do executive bonuses, they have to, you know, pay their employees. So that's where I agree with it, but it's tough because the argument is that over the past ten years, when you looked at the airline industry, and these are average numbers, you know, like Delta only spent fifty percent of their cash over the last ten years on stock buybacks, where like Spirit Airlines spent You know, 98% of their cash on stock buybacks, you know, to compete with some of these bigger companies. So now you're looking at these companies saying, well, you should have had like a war chest to be able to kind of mitigate some of this risk. But now we're in a pandemic and you're going to lay off all your employees and the the suckle on the the tit of the government. No, we're just going to give you the money, but you need to promise not to lay them off. So, yes, it's a good thing because a lot of people are not going to get laid off and they're still going to get their checks but you know it doesn't necessarily mean that the businesses did, you know, ethical behavior over the past 10 years. So the argument is, you know, do you let them go under? Yeah, sure, that's great. You know, fuck fuck these businesses who, you know, essentially ran themselves into the ground, but you're putting 10, you know, 10,000 more people in under um, unemployment, you know. So that's where the that, that's where the trade-off is. So is it good? Yes, is it bad? Yes.
0: It's a double-edged sword. Mhm. Damn. So, what, where do you think, when is too much? Like, you know, we, we talk about these figures, or you talk about the figures, you know, 28 trillion, 30 trillion, whatever. You know, people, we get desensitized to it. We forget how many fucking zeros that is. That's a lot of zeros. And, and, and how deep down the hole can we go until, until something collapses?
1: That's the question. That's where I don't know. It's an X number. It's we're, we're, we're lending or we're borrowing from ourselves. We're borrowing from our national bank, which isn't government controlled. Um, you know, I've talked to financial advisors who say that our military is really our financial backbone. Because any, com- any country says, you know, you're not the financial powerhouse anymore. We point our guns at them. We send our Navy into their fucking, into their coast. And we say, what'd you say? No, we're the financial powerhouse here. See what we can do. You know, so we we can defend ourselves that way, but it gets to the point where you're paying interest back. Like I was saying, you know, you have a hundred trillion dollars in debt, you know, in the next fifty years. You know, that's only, you know, three hundred percent our debt. And and that's on average of what we're doing, you know, in fifty years we'll have that. Um, can you pay interest on that and still keep an economy afloat? I don't know. I don't know. We haven't had a government in recent history that's had a um, a surplus in the budget. You know, everyone because how government industries work, so you're ex part of the government, you know, whatever it is, and your budget for the year is a billion dollars. You know, just to put figures out there. If you only use um You know, 900 million of it, then next year your budget's only going to be 900 million because we're going to say, oh, you didn't need that money. So we're not going to use it. So government industries try to use their budget or more so that next year they can get more money. They didn't necessarily need that money. They're just going to buy random fucking things because they need to use it by the end of their, their fiscal year so that their budgets don't get cut right they're almost
0: like they're almost like using a loophole in the system to mm-hmm. to make sure they get the the maximum amount of funding yeah that's fucked and there's no there's no way you could put a bill in place or some sort of law that 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 would keep them from doing that i mean i guess there's it would be so hard to regulate that it would be so hard to
1: regulate that because that, that then
0: it becomes ethics and opinion right then it becomes oh well we think this is
1: important don't you or don't no, i don't think this is important and then we fight about it and well, that's where it comes to the administration. You know, do they cut, um, you know, school funding for schools? Do they cut funding for defense? You know, we have a, you know, if we have a Democratic president next year, we're going to probably see a reduction in military spending, you know, because that's what Democrats typically do. And they we're going to see an increase in education. And then when we flip back to Republicans. We're going to see an increase in defense spending and a decrease in social programs. You know, it's just the flip flop of government that's happened over and over. So, you know, what is to do, you know, it's, it's interesting. Do you
0: think there would ever be a way to, to change the system of presidency to where we have two presidents, not one from the democratic side and one from the Republican side? Like, is there a way to, or like maybe whoever is the the president, their vice president needs to be on the opposite party. Is there any way to find a balance or is it always just going to be
1: the A versus B? I think it's always going to be A versus B, but. I'm not counting out. I think Joe Biden's going to be the, the Democratic nominee. It's just kind of in, in the cards. Which scares I mean, me because that man, that man can barely form a fucking sentence. He has a stutter issue. Um, <laughs> I think he chooses a Republican vice president. I'm I'm more and more in belief that he chooses a moderate Republican as a as a VP. He already said, though. He already said
0: that he was going to make a VP a woman.
1: That doesn't necessarily mean that she can't be a moderate Republican.
0: I guess. I guess there are some some Republican females in the in the race. I just I feel like most well, women it, are it, Democrats. It doesn't have to
1: be in the race. You don't have to be in the race to be a VP. Right. Right. I didn't think about that. You could just you can pick whoever you want. He could fucking right. pick me. He can pick me if he wanted. Because yeah. you know? I'm just on his ticket. He's the fucking you know candidate. He's just bringing me along for the ride. So I, don't, right. there's a part of me that says, you know what Joe Biden does to fucking throw a wrench in everyone's day is picks a moderate Republican female running mate because mm-hmm. now he takes a lot of modern moderate Republicans off the table for Trump.
0: Yeah, his his. Um, I think the biggest problem is, and you know me, I'm not very political. I I, I know enough to vote. You know, of who I think is going to be the best, but I'm I'm definitely no professional. Uh, but I'm just worried that he, his 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 lack of, uh, and and not that even that he's he's caught. I I wouldn't even say that he's an idiot. I just don't think he's good with this this all this press and having to deal with like, you know, these questions very quickly. Like he likes to think about things, and I get that, but he he makes himself look dumb, and I think he's not as dumb as he makes himself look on some of these TV TV appearances. But the problem with that is all about appearance and when he goes up to debate someone like Trump, I feel like it's going to be really hard for him to just at least even like get his points across.
1: Yeah. I think when you are in that limelight, there are hundreds of instances where you look good and there is hundreds of instances where you look bad mm-hmm. and the media loves picking apart when you make a mistake. Yeah. You know, just like the liberal media is always going to replay everything that Trump does wrong. They're never going to play anything that Trump does right. So does the conservative media you know, for, for Biden or for Sanders. You know, they're not going to play what he does right. They're going to play what he does wrong. Um, so, I mean, you got to think that these people are traveling across the country every day, being recorded every day. Like, we don't see everything that they do right. We only really see the stumbles, especially when you're looking at a biased media. Um, which sucks. I wish there was a way to moderate to where to where you had everything. I wish it was
0: more transparent And I think the only thing that would help that would be you know long form things but you know people don't like long form and that's what sucks. That's why I like podcasts. Long form where you really get to see who the person is. I wish there was something you could do have like a fucking three hour debate not even like a debate, but like a podcast type thing where you have everybody sitting around and let's have a conversation. Granted, it probably turns into bickering after about 20 minutes and they're just all yelling yeah. at each other.
1: But exactly
0: <laughs> the, the, that's, um,
1: is there, think, what can we you do? Need to, you need to watch the movie vice 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 will give you a clear understanding of how the media turned very biased. So there was a point Was there, there was a specific point in time where that happened. There were laws in place that you could not – if you were reporting on something, you had to report on both sides. You had to give you know, counter arguments to each. Um, Vice President um, Dick Cheney changed the laws to allow medias to become biased, and they could report conservative or liberal to their choosing, and that's what really – you know, expedited the, the Fox News's, the CNN's, the CB, uh, CBS's of the world that, you know, are solely focused on their base and giving so it, facts for their base.
0: So was that before or after he uh, he uh, shot his buddy in the face when they went hunting? I think it was
1: during. It's oh, during God. that whole Bush era.
0: Maybe he was just like doing a bunch of coke, just
1: going crazy, Dick, huh? Dick Cheney was the most powerful vice president in history. Really? he essentially just controlled everything that Bush did. Um, and he was the backbone of the Bush administration and just changing the laws to be more religious and conservative. And it's a fantastic movie to watch.
0: Imagine if he was just running the show. He's just over here doing blows, slapping Bush in the face, like, come on, pussy, we're changing these laws. <laughs> I, you have the face of like, no, that's actually what happened. <laughs> well,
1: like, no, no, I, I can't say that it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there, but just knowing Bush – as he grew up, or learning about Bush as he grew up, and learning about, mm-hmm. you know Cheney as a human being, I don't see that. You know they weren't doing blow in the Oval Office, because like who's going to tell the president you can't do blow off the Oval Office? Right? You know, no, <laughs> yeah. for sure. What a fucking life.
0: So, so l- let me go back to the financial aspect of all of this and everything that's going on with 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 the coronavirus. Is there any way? And this is this might sound like a really dumb question, for just from someone who doesn't know finance like you. Is there – or economics. Is there a way – could we all just – since we're all getting affected by this, is there a way to just everybody start over? We all just clean slate, cut everybody's debt, start from square one. Is there any way for that to happen or is that something that would just catastrophically fuck up the economy and there's no feasible way of that ever, ever happening?
1: No, there's no feasible way for that to happen. Really? Um, we're we're an a, a indebted society. We, we thrive off debt. Um, and we call it credit. We don't call it debt, right? So let me let me extend you some credit. And that just means I'm going to give you money and you're going to owe me money. And that is essentially from uh, from my side, it's credit, from your side, it's debt. You know, so all of these banks, that's what they run off of. You know, when you put your money into a bank account, they are allowed to lend your money out. So your money is not actually in the bank. it is it is in a loan to somebody's house or somebody's car. Or, And they're getting interest back on that. And that's how you're getting your, you know, 0.001% on your savings accounts or whatever. You know, you make money because they're using your money to lend out and make money back. So a bank prior, the new laws, and I could be wrong on this. Prior to the 2008 financial crisis, I think it was like you could lend out like 160% of the money you had so you you deposit you know a thousand dollars into the account oh no 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 I think it was let me see how much are I could be wrong on this maybe yeah six, maybe you, six. you can
0: t- take some time to look that up because I have to piss so fucking bad look it up and I'll be back in like 30 seconds you got it. oh Christ okay I'm back how was your pee? Oh, it was phenomenal. That's good. I would say top 20.
1: Top 20, okay. Top 20 of all pisses. Yeah, that was it. Was nice. Yeah, I've only pissed 19 times in my life, so I don't have a top 20. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's some dehydrated <laughs> fuck. I'd hate to see
0: the color of your piss.
1: <laughs> um, so reserve requirements are 10%. That means if you put $1,000 into a bank, they're allowed to lend out 900 of it. So if everyone went to the bank right now and, Request their money to be taken out the bank wouldn't have enough money like toilet paper on the shelves yeah like we run on an indebted society well yeah you know it's funny my
0: buddy my buddy he he was like oh i gotta switch banks it's like why it's like oh well this bank isn't giving me any interest on my savings now like they sent an email saying that they're not giving anyone interest right now
1: yeah it's fucking bizarre yeah like interest just doesn't come free they have to make money and nobody is nobody's doing anything yeah you know so it's it's yeah it's a society that we we can't go back with it we can't we'll never have a clean slate um we can't because there will be so many businesses that go you know under because of it because somebody's lending out that money and it's the banks and if the banks go under that's where all of our money is and we can't you know just like the whole financial crisis of you know too big to fail, but like they absolutely failed, and then they needed government buyouts. But they had, you know, unethical practices, and that fucked us all. But we can't let them fail because that's all of our money. What do you think some of the repercussions of all of this happening
0: are going to be? Do you think Do you think it's going to cause some sort of power struggle between countries, or, or what? What do you foresee in the next coming months of of this happening? Because we don't really even know. When we're going to be out of this, right? Like we, you know, potentially they said, you know, by July, August, it's going to be okay, better. But but then there might be that second wave that comes in the fall, Mm -hmm. as most diseases do, and then we we may be stuck indoors again, and we have a a secondary shutdown, or we may not even go back up after all this. They may keep us in, depending on what's happening. What do you what do you foresee financially uh, happening in all this
1: all this chaos? Um, I think it's a it's a big question. I think what I do see from it, from a business perspective, is a lot of businesses will start to go remote. They'll understand that they don't need an office to run their business. So a lot of overhead will go down. So the real estate industry is going to get fucked because people aren't going to rebuy offices. Um, they're going to understand that they don't need to, that their employees can do well on their own. So the industry, the, the real estate industry is going to go fucking, you know, belly up. For office space, but
0: I about to say at least the commercial
1: industry. Exactly. I don't think there will be a power struggle between countries. I think countries will actually try to work together. I think China is going to get, um, hopefully, more than a slap on the wrist from, you know, just the UN, um, you know, in the global the global society, saying you needed to not lie to us from the beginning. Um, and we don't have all the facts. I don't have all the facts, so I don't know exactly what you know they lied about or what they covered no, about. But we're, we're, we're certain. We're you know, certain that it, somebody fucked up. Somebody fucked up, and somebody needs to be blamed. And I think there might be some sort of, you know, world trial to be like, okay, who is to blame for this? You know, I don't think anyone is to blame. It's a, it's a, you know, there was a scientific um, research that says that this was not a, this was not a weaponized. You know, virus. This wasn't something that got out. This is something that happened in nature, but it affected global economies. And I think China needs to answer for that. Um, so I don't think there'll be a power struggle. I do think there will be repercussions from China. I think that um, you know trade will resume the best it can. I think I think companies will just try to insulate themselves a little bit more. Um, you know, hold a little bit more cash. Understand you know if something like this happened again, you know, how could they? Um, survive it um, So That's kind of that, that's kind of what I think about it right now I think society will change people will be a little bit more distant be a little bit more precautious um, But I don't think we'll see huge changes from this
0: well. Do you think uh, now? coming from a, a trade standpoint uh, do you think that we're going to see way way like just huge short cutoffs in regards to to trades with other countries and try to be more self-sustainable i mean that that's kind of the one good thing that trump talked about was was like trying to make more things here in the us um, in, in regards to trying to rely on these other countries like china i mean we, we rely on china for like a lot of our meds if mm-hmm. i'm not mistaken
1: um i don't know 100% about that um i don't think we ever turn back to being self self-reliant um it's cheaper to produce things globally we're a global economy regardless of if trump wants to believe that or not um where we get our shit where we get our components that's why you see a lot of american companies um you know getting hit for this because a lot of their components you know whether it's technology whether it's steel whether you know whatever it is they do get it cheaper from other resources so um i think we'll go back to that because it's it will still be cheaper um so i don't think we'll see any sort of big differences in trade in what we do this the trade war was i don't know unsuccessful in my mind i think it hurt a lot more people than it helped um there were some people that it helped sure but there was a lot more farmers that got hurt from it that was supposed to be helped and then the government had to come in and subsidize them more it's just like well you promised them help and now you're just subsidizing them with government taxpayer dollars, and China was not paying for it, just like Mexico didn't pay for the wall. So like all these deals that he says is going to work in Americans' favor, I, I don't see evidence of that. So
0: worst-case scenario, I mean you, you you were very pessimistic about the economy. Uh, do you think – what happened here is going to fast-track what you think is the inevitability of what's going to happen, and, and what is that inevitability? What do you think is worst-case scenario going to happen or, or even in your thoughts? What do you – you, in your mind, rather, what do you think is going to happen, whether it be in our lifetime or not?
1: I think we'll see another economic depression in our lifetime. Um, I mean we fast-tracked our debt for two – you know by two years. We did three years of, of debt in one um you know we added two more trillion dollars onto it and a lot of that is through grants we're not getting that money back um they claim this money is um tax what do they say um
0: they basically said that, like we're paying for it in our taxes right
1: yeah it's like a um upfronting it so they're i don't know how this affects our taxes next year you know, if you're owed two thousand dollars from the government, but you got a twelve hundred dollar check already, I don't know if they only give you eight hundred, and they say they, you know, we we advanced that money to you in two thousand twenty when you needed it. So I don't know how that how that gets affected. You know, well,
0: when they're talking about potentially doing it like every month, if they have to, depending on how long this goes on. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it's like fuck. If They start taking out of your taxes. It's like oh well, we we wouldn't
1: potentially get tax returns for a good five six years. Yeah. And I don't, and that's what would be hard. And that's what, you know, if they do another package, you know, now we're looking at four years of taxes, you know, four years of debt in one, Um, which I'm never saying that we need to um, hold finances in regard to human life. No, but I think we could have done a lot more at the beginning to, to stem what was happening now. Um, And it's going to, it's definitely going to accelerate. My fears of what's going to happen with the debt and how we can control that for the future, and we're just pushing the cost off, you know, over and over again. I hope the next administration takes a serious look at our finances and says we need we need to cut back. You know, I'm a firm believer that we need to cut back in military spending and focus it more. There's a lot of waste in the military industry. There's a lot of waste in the insurance industry that we're spending, Um, and that's where I liked Bernie as a candidate. Because I believe he was going to cut back on a lot of that stuff. Um, I'm not saying that we can't defend ourselves, but I'm saying that we can, you know, for hell of a sure, defend ourselves for a lot less money than we're spending right now.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. So uh, one last thing I want to talk to you about before we, before we cut this off is, is uh, you know, just bringing it back again to, to uh, coronavirus. and how long, how long do you think it's going to last? Like, how long do you think we're stuck in our homes? How long do you think? How long do you think it's gonna be till till we could go back to normal? And if we're ever gonna be normal, right? I mean, this is this is a big wake up call for all of us. Like, we didn't really see this issue happening. Now, are we gonna be afraid to fucking be around other people for the rest of our lives? Or you know, is there gonna be a vaccine and then we're gonna be just back to normal like it never happened? Obviously, well, like one one thing quickly because yeah. I know you, you're talking about people working from home. And I do I agree with you I, I I think like coming out of this, I think a lot of people are not going to be working uh in an office anymore. I think I think they're gonna be like, oh, let's just keep everybody at home working from home. and I think that's gonna that's gonna happen with a lot of the a uh, lot of industries. Sorry, Guan.
1: Well, I think the question has to be it's it's not about how long until we can go out because what are the fears? The fears are like you said, you know, Do we can do we get it from someone? You know, how when is it contagious? When is it not? Does it go away? Does it get not? Where we're gonna get back to normal, you know, pre COVID 19 normal is when there is a vaccine, when there is a cure, quote unquote. You know, scientists are talking about 12 months, 18 months out for that, you know? So I don't know. Is it 12 to 18 months out? Are we in our house for that whole time? You know, do people risk it and say, fuck it, I don't care, you know, because clearly 90% of people who are getting it aren't dying. So, like, fuck it, I'll get it, I'll deal with it, and then I'll move on. You know, people are trying to figure out right now, do you have antibodies to fight it off, or is it worse? You know, do you get it a second time, and now your immune system's fucked, and now you die? You know, your, your lungs can't handle two attacks from a respiratory disease. We don't know. We're not there yet. We're not there yet in the science. We're not there yet in the research. Um, so it's hard to really judge, you know, people are talking about a month or two, but I don't see that. I see this year being a wash.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be at least four or five months, uh, until, Till we, we get something, um, you know, some sort of normalcy back. But again, you're, there's always going to be the underlying concern until we get that, until we get the, uh, till we get the cure. And the question for that is how long can people sustain? I mean, there are some people who are indefinitely out of a job. Like I, I feel, I feel bad. Cause like I've, I've been, I'm fortunate enough to where I'm, I'm still employed and making okay money. So I've been like, you know, sending money like through like virtual tip jar tip jars to some of my like favorite coffee spots. I, I Venmoed my bar, I Venmo my barber. Like I was like, Hey man, like here's a, here's a, here's an advance for the next time you can give me a haircut. it's like those guys are fucked, man. Yeah. And it's, 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 what what do you do? Maybe maybe you limit contact and say okay. Well, the bar- barber can do personal appointments at their home, and then you know, then you gotta weigh out that risk because he's still getting an influx of people coming in and out, and and then the, the question as well is, do you, people are always afraid of their rights being infringed on, especially here in the U.S. Right? Yeah. So so at what point, are people being so dumb in regards to just running out and saying fuck, it, we're gonna go back to normal? Do you have to start policing them? because if if you have to try to keep people from spreading this thing and potentially hurting others do you think that that it could become potentially a crime like it is in some other countries to be going out
1: I mean you see in Las Vegas you know there was like 11 shootings the other day and so what do you do wait wait what in Vegas yeah there were 11 shootings in Vegas mm-hmm. I, I didn't know about this We could absolutely descend into chaos if people get restless you know? Yeah yeah so,
0: so, do, what do you think? Because, like, people, do you think it would be fair for people to put laws in place of like, hey, bitch, for these hours of day, you can't go out unless you have the former, or unless you have the the documentation. Paris, I know, is doing that, uh, where you have to like literally print out a permission slip for yourself to be able to go out and runs and things
1: of that nature. Do yeah, Do you think do- martial law? I don't know if we get to that point. If we get to the point where we're seeing a million cases here, sure, you know. But un- until we get to a point where it's just like, you know, we're seeing, you know we're over a hundred thousand. you know if we get to a million we're going to start mars- martial law on people and you know you can't go out i'm sorry you have to stay in your house and but that's the thing who you have to send out the military you have to send out the police force to to police that and then what are you doing i mean we're already saying like shelter in places um they catch you out without a certain like a good reason it's a th- uh, it's a thousand dollar fine and up to 90 days in jail like we're already starting to do that as as we get worse you know so will the laws
0: well, that's the problem though, because they're like, oh, some people are like, hey, if you're out, you're going to jail. But then they're talking about how they're releasing unnecessary people from jail. So it's like, what, how does that work? It's like, oh, you're an unnecessary well, it's, person. It,
1: it's, it's a fear factor right now. Right, it's, right. We'll go to jail. Oh, I don't want to go to jail. You know, but what, exactly. You know, they're talking about you know releasing inmates because if it gets spread in a in a cell, you know, what do you do? You're just going to leave all these people in there. You're not going to send in. You know, you got you know 100 fucking 200 300 cases in a in a detention center you're going to send in people to feed these people you're going to send in people to to police these people like no like those prisons are do? worse
0: than a cruise ship i mean they're equally as bad as a cruise ship i don't know if, if jails nope. have have recyclable air systems like like cruise ships do and that's obviously why cruise ships are fucking a hotbed infestation for for things like this um and and i in my opinion i think it was downright criminal to keep them keep them in there for as long as as they did with Mm -hmm. with knowing that they're re they're they're reusing air yeah uh but prisons are are just as bad and and at what point do we see this as not being uh, as being unconstitutional to to let these guys suffer like they are
1: well they've lost you know there's an argument to be made they've lost lost their their rights they lost their constitutional rights when they committed a crime so it's not necessarily unconstitutional, but is it unethical? That's a different question, you know. Does yeah. it help to stem, you know, the case in the US by moving them? Do you open them up a little bit? Do you instead of having them inside the detention center, do you put them out in the court in the their like yard and like keep them there? I don't know. I don't know what they do. There's a lot of questions that, that need to be addressed and that's why people are, are hopefully thinking about it, but yeah. I think it's 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 absolutely gonna get worse in the next you know three to five months before it gets better absolutely absolutely you
0: know the the one bright side we can leave off of is that Harvey Weinstein's fucked that's right Harvey Weinstein's got it, and he's fucked and he's he's there's no way that obese, unhealthy. Bastard's where the, gonna make where it the through.
1: downside is, is that the UK prime minister has it and Trump does it
0: fucking bored. But did you did you hear what he said? He did it to himself. He literally was like, I went into the hospital and I went and shook everyone's hand that was taking care of the COVID-19 virus. It's like, why would you do that? Fair. Why would you do that? That's yeah. the, the complete opposite of what <laughs> you were trying to tell people to do. And yeah. you, you, you have to understand, like, it's, things are different now. We can't yeah. just, you know, I, I've been having to turn down friends wanting to hang out. And I'm like, look, man, like, I'm trying to do my part. Like, I, I understand that you want to hang out and dr- get drunk and go play board games. Like, if you're not my roommate, I, I don't want to fuck with you. And granted, you know, my roommate went, went with his parents. So he's, you know, he's, he's off with them and he tried to come back. And he had a, uh, he, his, his parents were still going to church and stuff. I was like, hey, bro, you come back and you leave quick because I ain't, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get sick because your parents want to go worship Jesus. Yeah, you know it's 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 crazy. I mean, you're seeing it in 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 um in India, a lot of Muslims that are still like well, some. The problem is a lot of these not a lot of them. I would say some of the Muslim radicalists they they see this as like Quran or who their, their God, and then they're trying to like spread it to people on purpose because they think this is like God's plan and that they're immune. it's a judgment. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know there are a lot of churches it's, trying to think it's about Darwinism, services,
1: baby. It's fucked
0: up. It's it's yeah. all sorts of fucked up. So hopefully hopefully we can figure this out and maybe you and I can reconvene back here in a couple weeks and see what the what other chaos is, uh, has come through.
1: Yeah man, always happy.
0: Dude, thank you. Thank you for doing this. I, I really I really it means a lot to me. You know, with everything happening and and it's you know, it's funny though because it's almost made my made me getting more guests easier because i don't have people to like, go have to them, them.
1: <laughs> yeah as long as people yeah.
0: have decent microphones and we can speak and have a conversation it's great but but especially some talking to someone as smart as you and savvy as you especially in regards to to economics but just in in as a whole it's uh it's a pleasure talking to you and, and seriously thank you thank you for being willing to sit through my technical issues and, and and have a conversation with me
1: absolutely man it's been a pleasure definitely good to get to talk to you more and yeah, um dude. Good luck, stay safe, and all that.
0: Yeah, let's not make it a let's not make it a uh, just a, just a one-off. We should definitely at least keep in touch and, and and shoot the shit and keep ourselves updated on stuff.
1: Just text me, don't touch me. <laughs> Yo, that should be a T-shirt. Text me, don't touch me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, we we got to go in business. We gotta just COVID nineteen T-shirts.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's when you're you know that's when you're in the line of. Uh, profiteering off of a pandemic.
0: COVID COVID-19 2020 tour just have all the states
1: as it's coming through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right, that's it. That's it, that's Bye, it. done.
0: Thanks everybody.